Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hi, I'm exhausted. Oh, <laughs> why? Why are you so exhausted? Because, Rezbis Hashem, we're having your work this Sunday, and you and I just finished bringing in all that stuff. I mean, I lugged two full-gallon jugs of orange juice up a bunch of steps. I mean, who needs to go to a gym? It's an exercise where it builds up character. Yeah, we can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. Yeah, so, and uh, there are many people I know who definitely are characters. Well, how was your wedding then? How was, did, what did you do? What kind of stuff you went through with trying to organize uh, your wedding and your, and your simchas? <laughs> well, um, mine was a different breed in that at that time, the majority of Orthodox weddings were done in New York. Your father and I wanted to have the wedding in Baltimore because, well, first of all, our families are both from Baltimore. It wouldn't make sense to have it in New York. Although we did know people who both families were from Baltimore, but um, the children had their hearts set on having it in New York, you know, in, in, at 770 by the Rebbe. But um, your father and I felt that um, Baltimore could use a from wedding. We felt it was like a, um, like a shalichas type thing. So breaking the glass ceiling, so to speak. Right. So um, one of the problems we had was, first of all, I, I told my mother I didn't care where she had it. I only wanted two things: kashras and a machitza. Mm. So we had a real problem with the machitza because, first of all, my parents had gone to a wedding. It was an Orthodox wedding. And um, it was an Orthodox young man marrying a, a girl who was from a non-Orthodox family, very close friends of theirs. And the parents of the bride did not want a machitza. So the parents of the of the chassan said, okay, all right, you know, they don't want a machitza. So the problem was, so when the non-Jewish, not Jewish, but the, non, the non-from uh, side of the family got up and started dancing with their wives, you had, a, this was like 196, this is like 1969, 68, something like that. So you didn't have a lot of very Orthodox Jewish weddings. And you, unfortunately, you had a lot of religious Jewish people who did not really know how to handle being surrounded by non from people. It was, you know, Chabad, Chabad was just beginning. And uh, Chabad had not made the Chabad movement, but, basically. Yeah, the Chabad movement was just beginning, you might say, and had not really come to Baltimore yet. So... Even though technically it did. It did, but it was not, it wasn't spread, widespread. They did have a, a small show, but it wasn't widespread. It no, wasn't the movement like what it is, where yeah. it's really focusing on, on Yiddishkeit and, and exemplifying it. Yeah, it trying was, to macarve people. Right. They had their own show, but there wasn't too much that was done in, uh, in, uh, like inspire, not macarve. Kirov, you know, work as I say, you know. Yeah. Oh, we're getting off tangent. Yeah, anyway. So, so what happened was, so when these people got up to dance, a lot of them from people, told them no that they you know couldn't dance with their you know wives and they got very offended so i tried to explain to my mother well this is why i want a machitza so people can feel free to dance the women will dance with the women men, men dance with the men and everyone will be free to dance and have a good time and not feel uncomfortable so my parents of course were very leery about it but this is what i insisted and as a matter of fact i had an uncle you know, you know uncle harry he, yeah. he thought it was pretty funny, and he, would, he was joking around with my father, and he said, Hey, Ed, put me on your dance card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, 
I had to fight for that. And so then we wanted the machitza and the caterer was like, what? Machitza? He says, I do weddings for near Israel and they don't require machitza. They just go to separate areas of the hall. So I said, no, I want a machitza. So he said, well, then you're going to have to pay for it. So he said, the most that we can do for you, he says, we can give you um, a whole set of artificial palm trees where the tops are touching and the baskets at the bottom are touching. So we checked with the Rav and the Rav said, yes, it's perfectly kosher. And he said it would be $10 per tree. It would be 20 trees. Oh to, my God. To go through the entire hall. What so, um, so I said, so I had been working, I had money saved and I said to your father, look, it's for a mitzvah. I don't mind. I'll pay for it. You know, I don't mind. So anyway, a few weeks before the wedding, at that time, the caterer used to, there was no real kosher restaurant in Baltimore, but the caterer on Wednesday night would open up the catering hall and make it into a, um, you know, a restaurant open to the public. So my then brother-in-law wanted to take me and your father for a, you know, prenuptial little celebration and take us out to dinner there. I said, great. So we had dinner there. And as we were leaving, we were passing by the wedding hall. And I said to your father, ooh, I said, let's, go, let's open up, the, let's go look at the wedding hall. I'm so excited. And he said, we a good idea. We come into the wedding hall. What do we see? A machitza. Mm. A real, real, askutz mm. machitza. Mm. So we call the caterer. Uh, excuse me, what bits of the blarney are you giving us? Uh, what did we, we saw a machitza there. He goes, oh, we use those partitions when we're making a simcha where the um, food area has to be separate from the serving area. I didn't know that's what you meant. And he said those we could have for free. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So you got it for free. Yeah. But like, also the thing is, is that I feel like a lot of simcha music kind of sucks. I think the biggest frustration like I've had where you go to a simcha and there's the typical, you know, jazz background sounds with some little bit of piano here and there and some guys saying, ay, 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 and everyone dancing in a circle. I just, I want something that's more, I guess, more club-like, more pumping, more more happening. Well, it depends who you use. There's plenty of, there is plenty of really good jazzy Jewish music. You know, just go on Spotify, you hear it all the time. And at my wedding... We did the music from Kosalonika. Kosalonika is Greek Jewish music. And that oh. was very lively. So you, you had a Greek yeah. wedding. <laughs> My big fat Greek wedding, yeah. Yeah. But I want to talk about the pressures. And as a woman, and any mother knows this, mother-in-law, Kara, they go crazy. The, the makeup, the dress, the this, the that. They, they send you, I was talking to a friend of mine who her son got married at this very, very ritzy place in Florida. And we were laughing about how you wake up early in the morning and they rush you to the makeup artist. The makeup artist slaps all this like gook on you that feels like glue. I'm not kidding, because especially the lipstick, because you want the type of lipstick you can eat and go through the day with, and it's not going to wear out. So they slip the stuff on you that look, that actually feels like glue. And then they, you, you get into, to put on the dress, you get into one of those suckies where it sucks up your midriff. Like, oh, she like, like about 20, yeah, 20 Spanx. pounds thinner and you can't breathe. 
So you you got your you got your face plastered and you got your insides caving in on you and you got to smile. Well, I mean, like you don't have to do that, you know that, right? Like you don't. Have, no one's making you. You do it. Yeah, you but want you to. don't understand. They're going to take pictures, and these pictures that the, that your family's going to see, these pictures are going to be seen by your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren. These are pictures that are going to be seen for as far as you know, hundreds of years. And if you don't look perfect. Your daughters or your grandchildren are going to say, look how lousy mom looked. Look how lousy Bubby looked. And you're not good. Even when you're, you know, in the grave a hundred years later, your descendants are going to be looking at the picture saying, goodness, I didn't realize great, 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 great grand Bubby was so ugly for your wedding. What's that horrible dress she was wearing? Was she really that fat? Who did her makeup? All right, your diet chat's doing too long. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's why it's like the wedding itself is really important about, I guess, the spirituality of it all. I think that's what's really the most important thing. Um, I know there's an old joke that we we say in the family of like, oh, you're going to get married by uh, Druid Hill Park with a sheet cake and a keg of beer. <laughs> and it's just, well, there's a part of it that actually kind of is, is sweet where it's like you're not really for pop and circumstance. You want something more humble. Mm-hmm. You want something more personal, something more delicate. Um, I think sometimes there's there's too much pressure um, for Simchas where everything has to be perfect. And I think it just just let let everything drop to the side and let it be. Whatever happens, happens. You know, because if you put if you put too much expectations, you're gonna be let down. Not true, and I I agree with you totally. I think we I think a lot of people feel the same way, that we need to get a little bit away from the Gashmias and Let's, you know, focus more on the ruchnias that the simcha is supposed to symbolize. What kind of food was at your wedding? Um, I'm trying to think. I See, know. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. You won't remember anything. You have some pictures. Bezehu. After, what, 40 years? All that matters is what? You're bitching about the mechitza and maybe complaining about, about, about anything but looking good. But your pictures look nice. Everything looked nice. You don't remember anything else but that. Pictures, videography, that's all that's important. Well, Nothing I do, else I, do rem- I do remember your father and I ate, I, we wanted fish. Yeah. Everyone else got chicken. Oh, you wanted fish? We wanted fish. Yeah. What about the yichud room? What do you guys have there? Uh, cakes. Actually, somebody forgot to put the cakes and the drinks in the yichud room. Your father came into the yichud room. And of course, you know, I was so excited. I hadn't, I hadn't um, seen your father for two weeks before the wedding. Oh, did two weeks? Two weeks. And usually, usually, normally it's one. Yeah, it's usually one. But the problem is, since he was in Baltimore and I was in New York, so um, it it turned, it just turned out that it didn't make sense for me to come to Baltimore. And I was taking care of things in New York, and it just turned out it wound up being two weeks. So of course we were, you know, very very excited to be with each other after the wedding. And um, we just, you know, we ran into the Yechud room and shut the door. And then two seconds later, we hear a knock. And there's a friend of ours with a plate of cakes for us. That's all you got. Just just some just simple carbs. That's it. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Well, in, the, in those days, our metabolism was such that we could handle it. Well, yeah, no, I understand. Well, me, I look at it for five seconds. I gained five pounds. Um, but what about for your children and keeping everything up for your children? So, you were going to say? Um, uh, I was going to say that um, <laughs> I think what it is, one of the pressures of the Simcha is that you, you, want, you want your guests to also be happy. You, you, know, you want them to come away from the Simcha you know, feeling you know, like enjoying the meal, 
enjoying the music. Ah, I don't care. Let them suffer. <laughs> Seriously. So, so what, what about what about your 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 children when they, when you had to set up, you know, the simplest for them? Like, what about any, I guess, drama or interesting tidbits you could say happened over there? I'm I'm thinking back. I'm thinking back. I'm moving. Computer processing, please wait. Um. Thank God with it with their simplest. There, there wasn't so, you know, there wasn't too many problems. It was pretty much, um, it was pretty much, they were pretty acquiescent to, you know, what both sides could afford. Um, the only, uh, there were some, there were some like little glitches that we, thank God, we're, we're very lucky. Our, in, our machatanistas um, have all been very nice, cooperative, you know, laid back people. We haven't, thank God, had any too, you know, too many. We haven't had any problems with them. The only problem was, um, not a problem, but there were a couple like, uh, not exactly like I said, not exactly problems, but working at them and hogging, because oh, we yeah. we have had a couple mixed marriages. Yes, you know, like uh, mixed yek, breeds. Yeah, yucky with Chabad. Well, we're uh, we're yucky. Litfish, with Chabad, and so one of the things that came up is that the Chabad minhag. Is that the bedecking? The that's the that's when the husband comes in and covers the bride's face. For anybody who's not familiar with our marriage customs, the groom comes in and he covers the bride's face with a veil to check to make sure that uh, this he's you getting, get what he paid for. He's getting Rachel and he's not getting Leah, as what happened to Yaakov or Jacob. If you you know if you're more into the English, you know Rachel and Leah, the whole situation. And so there's a tradition. For the groom to come in, check to make sure it's the right bride, and then cover her face with a veil. It's called the bedecking. So in Chabad, when the men come in, the men come in uh, with the chasen, and by us it's a very serious spiritual moment because this is the height of spirituality where the all the sins of the bride and groom are being totally forgiven up in heaven, and it's a very, very special moment. So by Chabad, we sing this very special Hasidic song. Hasidic songs without words are called nigunim or nigun. And it's a very special nigun that we sing. And, um, I think it's the Altarebi's nigun that we sing when he comes in. So, but, but by Litvish and by the Yekis, but it's by German Jews, it's supposed to be a moment of high simcha, where it's just the opposite, where they come in dancing and singing and commandavan. So by, um, one of your sisters, by one of the, the in-laws, were very nice. They acquiesced to our request. And this was a Yeshiva University crowd. Okay. So um it was Hani's so Hani's husband comes in followed by his friends and everyone's singing, you know, very, very this nice, very serious Nagun, your high spiritual level. And he covers Hani's face. And unbeknownst to us, Hani's husband's friends had something planned. And as soon as Dave covered Hani's face, all of a sudden they grab him, they put him on their shoulders, and they start and they turn around and run out of the room singing, oh, and I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, they, they purposely did that. You know, I guess was just Tati pissed? Of, uh, he was kind of, yes, but yeah. I thought it was funny. I started oh, laughing. Cute. I, I thought it was it's cute. cute. I thought it was really funny. Look, we're all Jews. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Just, ugh. The, the minhag and everything changes over time anyways. So the minhag you think you've had for the past 300 years is probably 
evolved before then. Mm-hmm. It's but, like I said, we've been we've been very lucky with our Machatanista. We've had, you know, um, like I said, they've been very very um, comp- you know, we've compromised with each other and been respectful of each other's been hugging. Although one one of your sisters though. It was married into a family where the father was very, very proud of his Litvish background. Oh, we're descendants of the Dunagon. Well, he found out when the, I don't know what if it was Ancestry.com or whatever. He found out that one of his great, great, whatever grandfathers way back there was a follower, was a chassid of the Alter Rebbe. That is funny. And so I said to him jokingly, I always knew you were one of us. Oh, that's very funny. It's very cute. That's very cute. Yeah, I think some stresses is just there's there's so much pressure when it comes to wedding. You're trying to impress so many people, and the whole point is is that you're coming together as a couple and learning, starting a like starting to have a life together and eventually you know a family. That's kind of why there is a marriage in the first place, you know. And I think that's something that people kind of forget with everything that goes on. Everything gets so hectic. You try to do this, that, and the other, and you're running around with your head cut off and Everyone's getting stressed out. Oh, by the way, I wanted to add something very interesting about my wedding with the Mkhitsa and everything. My mother's, my parents' phone the next day was ringing off the hook with particularly women calling my mother and saying what a great time they had. It was so nice that they were able to sit and talk to their friends and say whatever they wanted to say for as long as they wanted without their husband saying to them, why did you say this? Or why did you say that? It was... (laughs) They really enjoyed I figured being also, in the company of women and not having their husbands there. I, I figured that their you know husbands were terrible dancers and they didn't have to deal with them anymore. <laughs> Everyone had a really good time. They what? really because because when we had with the machitza, it's like the women and the men could really like let loose and dance as wildly as they wanted. Yeah, I guess I guess when you're when you're surrounded by when you're with the opposite sex, there is come some level of uh, I guess reserve. Mm-hmm. That you seem to be about. Um, it's why you know some people they do have the mechitza, um, and they don't have mixed dancing. Um, well, you don't have mixed dancing because you don't want it to lead to anything else, and you kind of have to keep everything with a level a sense of morality. You know. So yeah, I guess you're right. You're right about that. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, a little bit of a side note. Um. And this is going to be a tease, I guess, we'll talk about for next week's episode. We want to talk about Jewish cooking. <laughs> and, and, and Who how, cooks? Well, that's the thing. Did your mother cook? <laughs> how do you cook? Let's call, let's call Mermelsteins. Uh, let's call David Chews. And just, yeah. And just an order. <laughs> I think there's also a level to it with Jewish food. And accents. Call accents. Order. How it makes Kosher you feel. bite. <laughs> but Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody. I think, I think a lot of Jewish cooking has gone to uh, what? which kosher restaurant should we order from tonight? Maybe. Um, well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And we hope to hear back from you. Check us out on our Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram. And you can see some previews that we've done in previous episodes. Except next time, I do want to talk about my delicious chicken recipe that uses real chicken feet. Mmm, chicken feet. All right, guys. Can you wait for that? Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please like and share and find us on Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother Podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you.